Hello and welcome back to the Cisco UKI podcast, the podcast where we take the acronyms out of tech and we put the fun in. My name is Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> Rosie, it's February already. It's, it's literally going by so quickly, but here we are, another podcast and an exciting podcast, if you ask me. And, do you know, obviously last week, we'll come on to that, but last week was quarter end, so it was a bit mad, but we were debating whether we had already recorded a part of this podcast or not, but now it actually has just, it has just reminded me that we did, because I got, I got a wee bit of you singing that I'm actually going to edit into this. You don't remember it, I don't think, but I actually got a bit of you. singing? You were singing, I think it was something like, I'm Rosie. Oh, I can't remember, but I'm going to put it in here. I'll find the clip somewhere. I remember oh God, it being so great. Yeah, but there we oh, go. No. I actually maybe. I think. Do you know what I'm going to do? Actually, I may actually start this episode with that jingle that you sang, and then we can explain where that came from. That's anyway, cute. it's just part of the cozy chats. Cozy. We need to start saying that again. I know it's cute, isn't it? But yeah, so, that can be part of our cozy chat. But no, we had we have a very exciting episode coming up. So. Do you want it? Well, we we left the last episode saying we had a surprise special guest. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go ahead and say who we managed to secure? Can we just pause for a second? Because yes, because I believe that I can do something quite fun here. Because now that I understand the technology a bit more, so yes, oh, yeah. Rosie, I will let you see. Can you tell us who that special guest was? Hold on. David Meads. David Meads. And tell everyone, who is David Meads? Because people, maybe not from Cisco, might not know who David is. David Meads is exciting for us because we are at Cisco and we know who he is. But what about the people that aren't from Cisco and might not know? So David Meads is the main man. He's the captain of the ship. He is the chief executive of Cisco UK and Ireland. Uh, he is the big dog. Yeah. Gaffer. Top of the, top of the food chain. Anything else in we can throw in here? <laughs> sounds very aggressive but yeah he's a main man isn't he for UKI so it actually is a really great guest for us to have on the show um, and in this episode because we're focusing on in case nobody knows um, it is National Apprenticeship Week this week when the episode's going out um, and we have a focus on apprenticeships we're speaking to our apprentices some success stories and also look anyone that knows David knows that he is pretty passionate about skills and personal development and career journeys and we had a really great chat with him about his career journey and what it takes really to be successful at a company like Cisco so hopefully everyone will appreciate the conversation and enjoy it and then what do we go on to after we've got David's interview so after we have spoken to David we are speaking to two of our current apprentices one in first year and one in their second year and then we also are speaking to Lisa who is one of our apprentice success stories so she has you know moved around the business got a great story uh so looking forward to you hearing that excellent and obviously wait other drum roll coming people who listened last month obviously want to know did i complete my 5k a day challenge yes (laughs) yes i did (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm very proud of you, to be fair. It's a good Thanks commitment. very much. Thank you. I ran five, just in case anyone didn't know, and this is my opportunity to brag about it, I ran 5k every day in January, wee 10k in there, and then on my last day, um, I just smashed out a half marathon. Because that's, just, that's the person I am now. I'm a runner. So I... <laughs> That's your new personality trait. <laughs> I, for those that know me, I'm not a runner. I don't like running. I made myself run just for a personal challenge, but I'm not the kind of person who's like, oh, I can't wait to go a run Love today. It. Yeah, like, no, I can't who? say I am too. I, so yeah, no, but I, it doesn't matter how much I exercise. Like it's just not from like it just is not a good time. Like I really do have to force myself to do it. To be fair, but, but um, you know what's no, you worse? Proud of me this you know week. Worse? Spin. Go on. Because I know you're going to say that you've done spin classes. That's worse for me. Like, that's literally, I will vomit. No, yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like, I've done a spin class on Monday, a spin class on Tuesday. And I had to cancel my spin class tonight because I just, like, I I can't move. Like, you know when you wake up during the night and you're like, oh, my God, so sore. That was me last night. And I just woke up and I was like, I can't mentally do another one. So, um, but you will be proud because I actually have blocked out a lunchtime every single day this week to take Harold a walk at lunchtime. So that is just implementing one of my routine goals for this year is to make sure that I'm making time to get out during the day to get a bit of fresh air. I'm very proud. And actually, that came up in conversation. When did that come up? We were together last week, that's why. Because we were actually at a really exciting event last week um, with the Glasgow Chamber of Commerce. So at Cisco, we are part of the British Chamber of Commerce. um, And we were at a lovely event, which was in person, which was just a delight. I think everyone was so excited. We had a small crowd. It was like a round table event where we went along with one of our partners called Ping in Scotland. And basically we were there just having a chat around hybrid work and what people's experience of the pandemic was, especially small businesses, because this event was around small business. Wasn't it a great conversation, Rosie? Loved it. It's just so interesting, right? It's just hearing different people's experience about what hybrid work means in reality. Like, you know, we can talk about it all day long and until the cows come home, but what does it actually mean when you're putting it into practice? And like for different business um, and different sectors, like construction, architecture, we had such a varied um, people there and it was just really interesting to hear the challenges they're having, how we could help combat those challenges. Um, and it, yeah, it was just a really nice open discussion around, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Cisco that helped them, but like in terms of just idea sharing, um, it was great. And I think it was actually really useful. I came out of the event like quite buzzing, actually. I agree. Yeah. And I think that is one thing that I took away from it as a learning point, as someone who is in collaboration, is my whole job is talking to people about the benefits of technology and what we can do to make life easier for businesses. But actually, there's a whole other side of it, which is business culture and also depending on the sector you're in. It's just not as easy for some other um, companies and some other industries to implement hybrid work the way that we have so seamlessly here. So big learning curve for me, which was brilliant so yeah anyway shall we get cracking with this episode i think we shall let's get right into it david thank you for joining us today rosie and i have had a little chat pre-recording this interview so we've hyped you up already so no pressure there (laughs) Um, but we're so delighted that you're able to join us for this special episode that we have in february where we're celebrating national apprenticeship week so throughout this episode we're actually going to feature some of our amazing apprentices some who are just beginning their journey and some who are 
kind of have gone through the process and are now kind of success stories from that program. So, um, but we really wanted to get a chat with you. We've heard that you've got quite an interesting background. We kind of want to know a bit about your role. Um, and yeah, just have a bit of a chat really. So if you could kick off with just telling us a bit about who you are, what your role is here at Cisco and the rule of the game on Rosie and my podcast is no acronyms allowed. So if you can try and explain your job role without in- using any acronyms, that would be super helpful. Um, but so if it makes you feel better, I failed. <laughs> yes, so everyone does. You totally sent me a challenge. I mean, I, that shouldn't be too difficult because I'm not technically minded and acronyms usually speak to the technical side of things, don't they? So um, it shouldn't be too difficult for me to do that. Um, but you sent me the challenge. So who am I? Um, David Meads. Um, my title is Vice President of the United Kingdom and Ireland. There you go. I avoided acronyms in that title. Um, <laughs> I also um, have the grandiose title of uh, Chief Executive for Cisco U. United Kingdom and Ireland. I almost did the, did the um, acronym. Um, so I have, I guess, two jobs. My day job is running the sales organization uh, across the United Kingdom and Ireland. Um, but because uh, we have such a large community of people, um, approaching 4,000 Cisco employees now across that geography, um, we also have a legal entity that I sit on the board of um, that we do, you know, all of our trading is through um Cisco International Limited. So I have that chief executive position as well, which mainly is the kind of the external face of Cisco to the media and to government and so on and so forth. Brilliant. So, I mean, Rosie and I, when we set out doing this podcast, we wanted to not just talk about the tech behind Cisco, but also the people. And we wanted to break down all the kind of titles that people have and that no one actually understands. So tell us like, What's your journey? Like, what does it take to get to where you are, What in the position that you're in now? Where have you come from through Cisco and elsewhere? Tell us a bit about your background. Well, I'm not going to tell you what it takes to get here because I don't know that there is a sort of recipe for that. Um, I'll, I'll happily share my journey to this point, but I think everybody has their own journey, right? Um, so my journey, I guess, it's, I'll start it when I started Cisco. So I joined Cisco in May 1996, he says with a gulp. Um, and I started as a, a, an account manager uh, for Cisco back in the day. Um, just to try, kind of frame Cisco for you at that time, I was employee, worldwide employee number 6048. That's still my badge number. Um, and I think I was about the 60th employee in the UK. And if you look at our portfolio then, we, we, we were a router company. That's what we sell, wide area networking routers. And we just started to sell um, switching. So we just actually launched our first catalyst switch, which was the Catalyst 5000. So that was then. Um, and through my career, I mean, I, you know, I will go as detailed as you want me to go, but to try and give it to you relatively high level, through my career, um, a couple of interesting things. I've done every... Uh, job in the sales role. So I was an account manager, I was a regional sales manager, I was an ops director, I was a managing director, and now I'm a VP. So I've done those different roles. Um, and probably more interesting is I've done them in different parts of the world. So for the the entire decade of the, the 2010s, um, I actually spent working outside of the UK. Um, and for half of that time, I was living outside of the UK as well. So I spent time living in South Africa, 
um, where I started running the South African business for Cisco. Um, I then graduated to run all of Africa. Um, and then uh, I actually moved to Dubai when I graduated to, to run all of the Middle East and Africa. Um, so that's, I think, the more interesting part of my career. Not that I've done all these different roles, but that I've actually seen um, the world and seen our business uh, from different parts of the world. Um, all of which, I guess, somebody decided qualified me for, for you know, being able to do the job that I'm doing today, which is coming up to my second anniversary. Not sure when this will air, uh, but, but um, February the 10th would be my second anniversary doing this job. That's the date we're releasing the podcast. So wasn't uh, that lovely? We <laughs> did not even know that. I love a coincidence, but that is genuinely when this is planned to go out. So that is very oh, a double celebration for that podcast launch. So um yeah, that's such a such an interesting journey. And like you said, it's so nice to hear that you've had the experience of all those different roles within the sales organization. So Rosie and I are actually both still relatively new. I don't know how long we can hang on to that. <laughs> They say a year, and we're not both a year. We both started last March, so we're going to be a year in our roles come this March. So, I'm not going to ask you whether you were born in May 1996. Don't tell me. Just don't. You don't, you don't, you don't want to know the answer. <laughs> I think you just gave me the answer. There. <laughs> uh, Rosie's closer than I am, to be fair. So we're we're different sides of the millennial spectrum, Rosie and I. So we're still class okay. of millennials, but. She's the younger side, I'm a bit on the older side. Um, But yeah, so we are both kind of in sales roles. So Rosie's um, account manager for small business in Scotland and I'm in this specialist organisation doing collaboration. So yeah, it's just so interesting to hear that you've done a wee bit of everything within the sales organisation. So um, I actually, before we were going to go any further, Rosie, I think maybe at this point we should test our... um, our game that we were going to have don't worry david it's nothing to be worried about but in our <laughs> podcast we wanted to launch a feature where every time we had a guest on we wanted to have some sort of feature that we could do that would be a bit of fun so initially when we set off to do the podcast we had an idea of like well this is the idea this is the concept today we're going to call it ping to win okay because we talk about pinging people quite a lot on webex and actually we think that's kind of an acronym in itself because not every company uses the word ping you know like we ping people on webex um so actually when we talk about that we mean that we're instant messaging one of our colleagues so we thought we would do ping to win and we just wanted to see basically the concept is whoever gets a reply back first is a winner so we would both choose a person within the organization that we would both message at the same time and then we'll see who they get back to first and that would be the concept of the game so we can't use Ishbel, who's the country league for scotland because she's in the office and she knows that rosie's recording this today but we thought so we try oh go yeah. ahead that would Love be a good it. idea all right i know now that you ping wendy miles Oh no! Come on, why not? I, I, you I, have to as well. To, oh no, that's too much. I, that. I can't. I can't obviously tell you what to say, but I would place a reasonable sized bet that if you ping her, one or both of you will get a response, and and possibly within the time frame of this recording. So go on. I've challenged you. You've got to do it now. Oh, no. So the idea was that me and you, David, would do it and we'll see who they get back to the fastest. Oh, I see. We, okay. We wanted it. Well, what no, about... I, I, prefer my, I prefer my game. Yeah. I'm, I'm challenging okay. you two. I, no, I'm challenging you two to I went and need a hand for the deal. And, I, and, and I'm not going to. And let's what? see which one of you gets the response. 
Oh my goodness. What okay. did I say? All right. Did you say yes? Live. We're doing it live right now, David. This is, well, this is our new feature then. If we every time we'll just have a guest select someone that we have to message and see how fast they get back to us and hang well, you know, you know, on the podcast. We're just going to up the ante. It won't be long before somebody says Chuck. I appreciate you not going to that level so fast, David. I appreciate you easing us in. We need uh, somewhere uh, to build to. Only because of the time zone difference. If we'd have been doing this, recording this at four o'clock in the afternoon in the UK, I may well have said Chuck, but no, I'm giving you half a chance. Oh, this feature just got totally turned on its head on us, Rosie. Right, are you doing it? Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Oh, David. Right. <laughs> I'm so curious to know what you're saying. I'm advisory on the podcast. I've taken the easy route. Right. We're just going to have to blame David for this later. Right. What time is it? 13.16. I feel like, David, actually, while we're doing this, you're going to have to explain who Wendy is to people who might not know. Okay, that's fair. I, I would think most people will. But anyway, Wendy Mars, um, well, first and foremost, she's my boss. Um, she is the president of Cisco EMEA. Um, and yes, there's another acronym for those who don't know. It's Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Russia. Amelia, with oh my God, she's already read my message. I've done it. I've just said I said the same thing. Saying, can we catch up at some point about the podcast? <laughs> but I can't even look. Okay, no, let's move fair. on. Let's move on. Okay, but it is to be fair. This is what we preach about WebEx and the fact that you can reach anyone within your organisation just with the touch of a button and it could be someone quite senior so let's just see how much it works so that was sent at thirteen sixteen, and we'll see how long Wendy takes to respond so well done David thanks for Shall a set a timer it's my pleasure uh, so anyway going back to our actual topic of the day so it is National Apprenticeship Week we are going to be talking about different routes into the tech industry but I guess starting with a few questions You've shared your career journey with us and you've got to a pretty successful position within the organisation. Um, but what do you think it is? Like, what are the characteristics? What are the skills do you think that makes a successful person at Cisco? Well, so you, you said I'm successful. I'm not going to proclaim that. But I guess, you, you know, I'm very disappointed in the company where um, it certainly was always been my ambition to to, to aim for this this position. Um, so how did I achieve that? And, and maybe there's some things that I think I've tried to extol in my career that, that might be uh, areas that other people can do as well. But a lot of it for me is is kind of instilled in who you are anyway. I don't think you can you can learn some of these things because it's about nat- having a natural curiosity for one thing. Um, it's about um, you know, wanting to be the best that you can be, uh, wanting to test myself in different situations, wanting to, you know, never being satisfied with the comfort zone that I found myself in and always wanting to put myself outside of that comfort zone. And those, I guess, those are characteristics which they don't define me in my professional life. They define me or they go some way to defining me as, an, as a person. Because those are values that I think I, you know, I bring to bear in all, all walks of my life. So, you know, natural curiosity, certainly that competitive aspect, which for me, you know, I, I'm certainly competitive in many um, 
many walks of life, if you will, but but always and probably most competitive with myself, you know, com- com- competing with myself to be the best that I can be and, and not, you know, maybe some of that's fueled by never wanting to be in a position where I have any regrets and I look back and think, you know, I could have done more, I could have done this differently, I could have taken that risk. Um, so I don't think there's a playbook for it. Maybe there is, and people have probably written books about it, but they'd be smarter than me. For me, those are some of the things that I think have helped me to get to where I am today. Yeah, and Colette and I have spoken a lot around having mentors, having mentors in the industry, having mentors in the wider industry to help kind of guide you through the different phases of your career and offer that kind of um, ear to for them to listen to, you know, what you're going to in the current situation. Have you had any mentors that... Um, you know, that have helped you at certain points of your career? No, no question. Um, and, and I would say mentors and sponsors and sponsors. And they can be the same person, but they can be different. So a sponsor, let's talk about that first, because I think, in, you know, people who are ambitious and have aspirations to build a successful career, be it a Cisco or elsewhere for that matter, I think it's important to build sponsorship. And I would define a sponsor as being somebody who, if, if there's a conversation going on in the room about you, they're going to be the person who's advocating for you. Or if there's a conversation going on in the room about something that they know you're uh, interested in or aspire to do, they're going to be the one that's going to be advocating for you. Um, and I've been fortunate to have that. I've been fortunate to have sponsorship. When I moved to South Africa, for example, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Duncan Mitchell who used to actually do the job that I'm doing today, um, but at the time was doing the job that I did before this one, ironically, running the Middle East South Africa. Um, so he was, you know, he was both a sponsor um, when the opportunity came up to for, for a new general manager role in South Africa um, and, and continued to sponsor me um, until he left uh, the company. Um, but he's also someone I consider to be a mentor, and a mentor is somebody who I would go to for sage advice, somebody who I felt I could trust, somebody who I felt would, you know, be honest with me, um, and somebody who may have experienced some of the things that that you know I would be experiencing, and therefore would be able to give me the benefit of their uh, of their experience. So, um, I wouldn't say I've got that many. There probably, to, if I if I said today, there are probably two people spring to mind who I would consider mentors as per the aforementioned uh, mm-hmm. uh, explanation and um, yeah having sponsors as I say I think that's important as well and so how did you go around meeting your sponsors I think you know when we talk to the apprentices or, or the graduates we say oh you must get a sponsor you know mine kind of naturally came about but one of mine um, when I've First was looking for jobs as I was coming out of university and looking for grad jobs. Uh, she actually was speaking at an event I was at and I actually just went and emailed her afterwards and was quite bold about it. Um, and luckily that worked out for me and we, we had subsequent conversations. But yeah, how did you come around meeting your mentors um, and forming that bond between you and them? Yeah, I, 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 um, I don't recall ever having ever asking somebody to be my sponsor or my mentor, actually. Um, I think both came about naturally, and I think the the way they come about naturally. If I think about it in my position today, 
you know, why would I mentor or sponsor somebody? I, I would do that willingly because I see, I see talent. I see somebody who's very capable. They, they have maybe some of the characteristics that, that I can relate to in terms of that ambition and that tenacity. Um, but, but I, I guess in its most simple form, it's somebody who is, whatever they're doing today, they, they excel at that. There's somebody who, you know, whether it's taking you two as examples in the job that you're doing today, you know, you're the best or you are one of the best people doing the job that you're doing today. And you're not just limiting what you do and your contribution as defined by the job that you're doing. You're doing other things. You know, for example, both of you are doing this not because, you know, this podcast is not in your job description. You're doing it because it's something that you feel passionate about. And I think it's a great thing that you're doing. Um, but I'm just using that as an example, right? Where somebody is prepared to go above and beyond and they don't just sort of limit their contribution by their job definition. Um, and those are kind of table stakes. If, you, if, if anybody who, you know, is seeking mentorship or seeking sponsorship, as I say, I think sponsorship, for me, it's kind of a bit weird to go and ask for sponsorship. I think sponsorship is just something you earn. Um, maybe clarifying where you think you've earned it, that somebody is willing to, to be your sponsor. Um, mentorship, similar. I think you, you earn it by demonstrating that you are very capable and, and you are the type of person who will always look to do more. Yeah, I, I agree. I, sorry, Rosie. I have like I was a just lot of say, Wendy Morris has responded. Actually. <laughs> and it has been yeah. six minutes. Congratulations, yeah, Rosie. Oh, time stamp. Uh, yeah, who was first? Past. I was 24 minutes past. I was 24 minutes past two. And I can Ooh, screenshot yeah. and prove it. And so there's one extra two seconds as well. I don't think it does, does it? No, no. we'll see. So it's a draw. Well, it's, a draw. I mean, it's, just, it's a draw. But to be fair, you know, I didn't think we were going to get a response. So it just shows you that, you know. See, I thought you would. That's why I said I didn't set you a challenge I thought was going to be unachievable. I, I would have been surprised if you hadn't. And the only reason you might not have done whilst we're talking is because she might have been on another call. Um, just so happened she wasn't, and there you are. So good for you, both of you. Um, I was just going to say about mentors that I have a lot of young people always come to me and say, how did you find your mentors? I had one really great mentor. Well, I've had a few in my career so far. One, um, another Duncan, actually. I know that you said yours was called Duncan. Mine was a Duncan too. Sadly, he passed away last year. Um, he became ill over lockdown and he passed away from cancer. But he was such a huge influence on my career and, and our skill sets were so different. Like, so it wasn't as if we just naturally, the way that my career went, he kind of came into my life and was just a mentor almost from day dot from when I met him. And we, like, he was financial. He was his whole life was like numbers and I'm very much a words person as anyone will tell you I'm not a numbers person um and I just learned so much from like his ability he was a CFO of an oil and gas organization and then he turned to philanthropy and I knew him sort of in both of those roles um and I just like loved I think for young people like having a mentor is more than just having a call with them every month or every couple of weeks and talking about your career it's being around them like so I learned so much from just how he held himself in meetings how he sat and thought about things before he spoke like these little things that 
actually I, I do worry a little bit and I guess we'll come on to that further on about the hybrid work and working from home but these things that you kind of learn from seeing your people around you when you're with them day to day and you're kind of um, at the same board tables and stuff with them but his thing as well that I totally related to and again it goes back to you David is I think you relate to mentors that have the same values as as you do and he was so values driven and one thing which I actually still have hanging up in my wall here that my sister printed when after he passed away was one of his last messages he sent me because he knew he was unwell was do the right things and do things right and he stood by that and it's just a simple motto in life about business but if you always know that you've done things right everything will be fine in the end like you can go to bed happy at night knowing that at the end of the day you did the right things and you did them right so that's my little piece of advice for the day but I love talking about mentors I think they're hugely important and I think that takes us on to maybe talking about the apprenticeship program why David do you think that it is such a vital program that we have here at Cisco? Um, I think it's one of a number of vital programs under the broader subject of diversity and diversity for me yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not about ticking a box. It's not about being seen to be doing the right things, and it's not just about gender or the colour of your skin or you know any other characteristic that might define somebody uh, into a particular group. Um, for me, diversity you can you can look the same, you can be the same age, the same sex, and same sexual orientation, all the rest of it, but but. Every one of us has had different upbringings. Um, and every one of us, through those different upbringings, has had different experiences and learned different things and learned to deal with things differently. And for me, that's the essence of diversity. Of course, the other, these specific labels are important. And I'll come back to the apprenticeship piece in a moment. But you can't expect to have the, the best capability as a team unless you have as much diversity as possible in that team. Because as soon as you start to dilute that diversity, you're diluting some of the capabilities you might be able to tap into. So that's just my two beds worth around diversity. Emerging talent and the younger generation is a key component of that diversity. Um, and, and, you know, we need to make sure that we are bringing fresh ideas, fresh perspectives into the workplace. And a lot of those are going to come from the generation, you know, one or two generations behind me um, if we if, if we look at the demographic of our business and it's you know it's too middle of the road too middle age too whatever then then we're missing out on a perspective and that might just be a competitive edge for us so talent generally and, and diverse talent is really important to me it's something I've learned to really value and appreciate and generational talent is a critical part of that and the apprenticeship program, is one of the best vehicles that we have to bring young talent into the business. Um, so for that reason, I'm a big fan. Yeah, no, I think it's so important. And if I had my time again, I think, you know, I wish I'd gone into the type of apprenticeship program that we provide and and do it that way rather than having gone down the traditional route of going to university um, and then on to tech. But unless we shout about these things more, then, you know, not enough people know about it. So I think it's definitely important for us to highlight the apprenticeship program, but also, as you mentioned, like even reverse mentorship, they teach us so much when they yeah. come on or, you know, they, they teach us different things that, you know, I didn't even do, do or, you know, and even collect 
coming on board and kind of going into the different features of WebEx and doing her series on TikTok that she then posts on LinkedIn. It's just about finding out all these nooks and crannies because WebEx has, you know, features that we're adding almost every day. You know, as salespeople, we don't always get to hear about these great features and it just takes someone to come along and have a different perspective and really highlight that. So even things like that, I think it's so important as you say. I agree. I, I agree. There, there is a there's another element to it, which is probably more selfish, and that and that is thinking about spending time with the apprentices, the apprentices, and generally with you know younger younger generations. Um, I, I do do that in, in my job, and actually something I'm happy to do as often as I can find the time to do it because actually I really get energised by spending time with young people coming into the business. Um, because many of them have that sort of raw curiosity that I can really relate to. Um, and, and, and I haven't had time with any group of young people, whether it's the apprenticeship program or the CSAT program or other, any other group of young people coming into the business where I haven't learned stuff and I haven't come away feeling really not just energized by it, but really upbeat about our prospects as a company because we're, we, we seem to be able to attract some amazing young talent into the company. So for, for, there's lots of kind of personal reasons why I really get energized by it, but also, you know, the first part of the answer was was the why it's just the right thing to do. It's a smart thing to do for any business leader. Yeah, Colette and I actually, we, we have uh, the first ever kind of cohort of apprentices in um, the Scotland office um, this year, and Colette and I were part of the interview process. And as you say, some of the presentations that they were coming up with were, you know, Fantastic. Really, really impressive. So I'm um, really excited to see, especially where the Scottish Apprentice is going, because that's just close to home. But, you know, yeah. the Wilder Apprentice program is is quite phenomenal. Absolutely. And I think, I think even just touching on that, Rosie, what you were saying, we were involved in the interview process and it was all done virtually because we were kind of quite in the depths of lockdown at that point. So and I think hats off to them to be able to do that. Because it's not hard sometimes. Sometimes it's much easier in person to get your personality across. It can be more difficult. And I kind of wanted to go into that actually now because we're really lucky at Cisco. Obviously, we have all this amazing technology where when the pandemic hit and we did, and I wasn't even in the company, but everyone's told me, nothing really drastically changed because we had all the technology to allow our business to continue efficiently. And I guess going back to what I was saying earlier about mentors and really learning kind of on the job, what would be your advice, I guess, to apprentices that maybe or young people in general who are starting their careers in this sort of hybrid environment where maybe they haven't even been in their office since they started their role, they've maybe come out of uni and they're not getting that day-to-day interaction? Like what's what's the best way for them to sort of raise their visibility with their teams and and how do we get the balance right for young people to learn on the job around people as well as embracing this hybrid reality that we have? Um, it's a really good question. I'm not, I don't know that I have the answer. I mean, I'll try and take a stab at it. But before I do that, I will just point out that um, at the time of recording, two days prior to this, um, I've sent out a, an announcement that we're opening up the, the offices again. Um, so it's looking forward, we're not going to be, all things being equal um, from here on in, we're not going to be wholly dependent on virtual uh, working. It will be truly hybrid. And that will mean, of course, that people will be able to spend time in the offices in a way that they haven't done for the last couple of years. So just as a point um, to know, but, um, but that doesn't mean that there still be video will be more of their lives than it was um, for your generation 
coming into the workplace and certainly for my generation coming into the workplace. Um, and I think you just have to figure out how you can find the right balance of leaning in, um, in, a, in a virtual world, you know, making sure that you are speaking up. But, you know, there's obviously lots of great functionality in WebEx where you can use that to, to make sure that you, you know, you pick your hand up and you, you react to what's being said and so on. Um, but I think it's, don't, don't let the, the, the technology become a barrier to you showing up. Um, but I also think it's incumbent on everybody in whatever that meeting may be to be making sure that they are, that everybody's contributing, con contributing. not least of all for the person who's, who's been the meeting. So there is a piece, I know I'm going a little bit off piece here, but there is an element of this which is about how we run hybrid meetings um, and, and the people who are running those meetings need to be mindful of that. But for anybody early in career, don't let it be a barrier to it. You know, make sure you, but there's also finding the balance between somebody who's speaking for the sake of speaking or, or speaking for the sake of being heard um, versus speaking when you've got something meaningful to say. So it's finding that balance as well. But that's true in the in the world where we're not relying on technology. It's not just about the use of tech. So I'm conscious of time. Maybe we need to think about wrapping up fairly soon. Um, but there's a couple of other questions that we have and, I, and they do centre around kind of the learning and the experience from the pandemic and what business leaders have learned and our generation, certainly, and across social media and everything, you hear about this, the great resignation that was happening during the pandemic with young people just not having the flexibility that they wanted. And do you think that technology is the sort of answer to that for companies? Like, I guess I'm kind of just keen to hear your view on it. There were a lot of companies who struggled to hang on to talent because simply they couldn't give them the flexibility and essentially the tools they needed to cope during the pandemic. So I guess just to get your views on, is technology the answer to that, to helping businesses in future? Uh, no, technology is not the answer. It's part of the answer. Um, yeah, as, you, as you've said, and as everybody will know, um, those who are in Cisco listening to this, we're blessed with the technology, um, which many of us take for granted, um, whereby you can be as productive as you might be anywhere, you know, working anywhere in the world, not just in an office. Um, and you can do it safely and securely and all of those things. So the technology is important, but technology without the right culture isn't the answer, is it? Um, arguably, culture trumps the technology because if the culture is right and it provides that flexible working ethic and it, and it you know, empowers people and it demonstrates trust, then even if the technology's second class, people are likely to feel good about where they work and who they work for. So I would say it's culture over technology. Um, and, and then in a perfect world, it's both. And I think that we're very fortunate in Cisco that I believe we've got a great culture and we've got great technology. So the best of both worlds. Yeah, and I do think that's one of the things that Colette and I have said since onboarding we literally joined a week apart of each other so our journey has basically started together and um we've been through you know the lockdowns and all the rest of it and also onboarding to cisco virtually um and not having interviews in what well, as people and our team says 3d which i do <laughs> love that saying um so yeah it, it is 
a huge part of our daily culture. But also, I think Cisco have the right balance. As I was at um, a previous company, and it wasn't always mandatory to have your video on. And it's not here, and you don't come on a, a webex and people say get your video on. But people naturally have their video on. People want to engage, and I think that was one of the huge differences I saw moving to Cisco is people want to engage, people want to show their face, and, and get involved in conversation. And so I do think it is about finding the right balance, as you say. Agreed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I say to everyone, like, and I guess this is part of me being a WebEx and a collaboration specialist here, but sometimes you just want people to just experience a week with the way that we use the technology. Because I, again, I came from a different industry prior to here. I was in finance and I, I've been in various industries before that and everything was quite disjointed and we would use different platforms for different things. And then I came here and I was like, this is so seamless. Like you can literally reach someone within seconds. You can phone, you can be chatting to them and then go straight to a phone call. And sometimes it's hard to even express to people like how easy it is for us. Um, and you just want people to experience it just for a week to see like how, how we work here and just so productive. And I totally agree with Rosie. Like as much as we joined virtually, I've never felt so quickly as part of a team and like the, the team dynamic that we've got across the kind of the, the whole of Cisco, but even just smaller into the UKI and our smaller Scotland region is just incredible. So it's down to the leadership and it's down to the culture and it's just down to the people in general. So I think we're both really grateful to be here. We are so grateful for you taking out the time. Um, we just feel like it's such an important week to highlight National Apprenticeship Week. We're really excited to speak to the apprentices and hear their views. And like Rosie said, we love having our four new apprentices in the Scotland patch. So um, what would you leave them as a kind of one lasting piece of advice um, just as we round up the podcast, put you on the spot well, a bit? Yeah, that's fine. Um, well, thank you for having me, firstly. Um, and in terms of uh, advice, I think anybody coming new into the workplace, particularly um, if you're early in career, but not just if you're early in career. Um, you know, this company's 38 years old, I think, plus or minus a few months. Um, you, some might say that's, that's, you know, that's certainly not a startup, um, but it's not as old as some companies. But we've certainly learned some bad habits in that time, and we certainly do things a certain way because we've always done it that way. Um, we rely on people coming into the business to challenge that. That's how we evolve. So, you know, if, if as you all will, if you see things that don't make sense to you, then, then lean in and question it. Because one or two things is going to happen. Either somebody will explain why it's so, and you're going to have the aha moment, or somebody's going to realize that actually you've got the better idea and we need to change how we do that. Um, so that's my, yeah, if there's one bit of advice, don't be a shrinking violet. Don't think everything's set the way it is and will always be the way it is. We need to continue to change and evolve as a company in everything that we do. And part of how we do that is by people bringing in those fresh ideas and, and questioning whether or not we do it that way as the best way or whether actually here's another old way in which we could do it. Love that. That was great. Thank you so much for sharing. So on that note, we'll round up. We'll say thanks again, David, for being here. Um, and we'll see who challenges us to go even higher than Wendy next time. You set well, precedent. Really, that's, so. that's where the bar is now set. It's going to only go up. I know. There's not too <laughs> many 
Don't leave us that many. No, I know. You're just worrying me slightly. So, uh, but yeah, thank you for being such a good sport. It's been great chatting to you. We'll catch up soon. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Take care. See you. Bye. So, Rosie, here we are. It's National Apprenticeship Week. We have again done our usual little intro to this episode, but today we are joined by a few of our current apprentices and also an apprentice success story. So will we jump into some introductions? Yeah, I think we should start with Jamie. So Jamie is one of our newest apprentices. So we will let him do a quick intro um, about who he is, where he's based and what year of apprenticeship he is currently on. Hi there, I'm Jamie. Uh, I'm 27 years old. I'm based in Glasgow. And I'm in my first year apprenticeship. Great. Thanks, Jamie. So, yeah, that's another exciting thing. Rosie and I obviously are both based out of Glasgow. Um, and this is the first year that Scotland have had our own little group of apprentices. So we've got four apprentices in Scotland and Jamie makes up one of those four. So great to, to have you here today, Jamie. And Zainab, do you want to just give a quick intro about who you are and what year of the programme you're in? Sure. Hi, everyone listening. I'm Zainab. Um, I'm a second year apprentice. I'm currently doing um, the Seeks Incubator rotation um, and I've been in Cisco, yeah, like I said, for two years. I joined in uh, August 2020. Excellent. Thanks, Zainab. And Lisa, over to you. If you could just tell us what your current role is and how you're associated to the apprenticeship programme. Yeah, sure. So hi, I'm Lisa Tucker. I am a regional services sales leader for Enterprise Commercial in Scotland and Ireland. Um, and I was one of the first ever system engineering apprentices here at Cisco 10 years ago, actually, this week. So this podcast is quite fitting timing-wise, to be honest. That's me. That's so weird because this is the second time that that's happened, Rosie, isn't it? We literally have just recorded with, I guess we can see it now because this is on this episode, but David Bates. Um, and it was weird because the exact day that we were recording, no, it's the day that we're going to be launching really this sad. episode is going to be David's, what was it, his anniversary at Cisco, it's, wasn't it? No, it was his two year anniversary of him being in role, I think. Yeah, well done. So weird, weird coincidences, guys. So listen, thank you so much for all the introductions. I guess let's go back to Jamie and Zainab, our kind of most recent apprentices for now, and just give us a bit of an idea about how did you guys come across the idea of even doing an apprenticeship? How did you come across the Cisco one? What led you to choosing the route to go down the apprenticeship model and not anything else? So Jamie, if you want to go first and then Zainab, you can pitch in. Sure. So I was actually in Cambodia um, and this was during the pandemic. And so all the schools were closed and I wasn't working. And I really realized that this really isn't a career route for me. And in the past, I've done web design. I really enjoyed it. But the part I really enjoyed was talking to customers um, and finding out what issues they had and trying to resolve those problems. So I decided to come back home and I was asking some people like, where do I even get into an apprenticeship? Like, do I just contact companies and see what they say? And my one of my good friends uh, recommended uh, QA. So I went through QA and uh, they had like a list of different apprenticeships. And I thought that the Cisco one was the most interesting because it was cross-functional. And it was explained to me that I could go through different rotations throughout the two years. And I'll be able to try lots of different roles and then finally, at the end, I'll see, uh, sorry, I'll decide which one's best for me and I'll be able to go down that route. 
So that's why it was really interesting for me because I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And that was uh, a fantastic method to learn. Yeah, I do think we are quite lucky in that sense that we do have the option of doing rotations within this apprenticeship programme. Um, I know certainly when I came, I did a different route, but came out of university and had no idea what I wanted to do in a career. So to be able to have an option of a programme where you can actually experience different functions is amazing. And, and Zainab, what about you? How did you find out about the programme? And just tell us a bit about how far into it you are and, and what you've been experiencing so far. Yeah, I have a bit of an interesting story, actually, after I finished um, sixth form. I didn't have any kind of A-levels in IT. I did biology, chemistry and geography. Um, I, I was going to study medicine, um, then decided that was not the right path for me. Ended up, I went to a grammar school, so I think there's always a pressure to go to university um, and apprenticeships are not really talking, uh, as, spoken as much about. Um, so then I took a gap year. I did actually go to university for a year as well, studying biomedical sciences. And again, that is due, kind of due to the pressure. Um, after taking a gap year, I decided to think about what exactly it is I wanted to do. Always had a passion for um, IT and business. I wanted to come to design hackathons at school um, and learn a bit about Python and how to do that. But again, never really knew about apprenticeships. And now, I guess one day I was just searching on the internet and came across Cisco. Never heard of Cisco. Um, it was, you know, I think it's 50-50 guys. I know Cisco, you don't. Um, I think what attracted me to the apprenticeship program for Cisco was the rotational basis that you can work in different um, areas and kind of figure out well, that's what I needed to know, like what is out in the technology world um, and what kind of fits best to my um, skill set. So that was that. I came to Cisco and also, I guess, the other thing was the culture and how you can just be yourself um, and kind of the whole environment that they have where everyone's really supportive of each other, which I think sometimes it was something that I was worried about when I first you joined like a corporate, big corporate company like this, right? Um, there's always those um, nightmare stories you hear about, oh, this is what happened uh, for an American company or this is what happened. So um, yeah, that, that was one of the things. Uh, what I'm doing currently, so in terms of previous rotations I've done, I've worked in the UKI collaboration team. Um, that was kind of giving my own project to look after renewals and um, see how we could improve that area of the business. Um, then I did the UKI small business team um, that was around service providers. That was a really interesting piece to see how we work so differently with small businesses compared to our bigger accounts. Um, then I did a rotation with the Amir partner organization. Um, that was a lot of strategy planning, worked with the Middle East and Africa team um, to see how kind of, that was actually quite interesting, seeing how the culture there um, is different to the UK. And currently I'm doing a CS incubator program, which is not a rotational basis, it's kind of an 18 month. Uh, in with a particular team in CXBDM role. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at currently. No, and um, thank you for sharing, Zainab, that obviously you came out of school and you felt the pressure to go to university because I don't think you're alone in that fact. I think there's so many people that because university is so readily readily available now to, you know, it's free in Scotland to go to university. So, you know, people do just feel like that is the natural path and they have to go down it. Whereas, you know, there are so many different options and sometimes you're just not suited towards university. I think if I had my time over again, like I wouldn't have gone to university. I maybe would have chosen an apprenticeship if I'd known around, you know, Cisco's apprenticeship program or, you know, there's definitely others out there in the market that you can go on. And I think like even when you come into Cisco, there's so many functions that you don't even know exist and you don't know that necessarily like that's your niche. So like, it's so great that you, I mean, God, you've, you've, you've been around all the business and you're only in year two. So it's quite amazing to hear like your journey. So thanks for sharing that. But Lisa, I, I mean, was just about to off. say, 
Sorry, Rosie, I was no, going to say, Zainab, Rosie and I are going to be coming to you for all, all our help because you've done collab, you've done small business, you probably know more than we do. So oh, yeah, just help. watch out. We'll be pigging you all the time now for help. Uh, but no, I, I totally agree. Um, I did do the traditional route of university, but I think just when you're at school, when I was at school, certainly the word apprenticeship for me, just I just thought about trades, like physical trades, you know, you just don't think about the other like whole side of apprenticeships that there are so I think there's probably more that we need to be doing at that level at school level to educate people on the routes after after school um so yeah really exciting but Rosie sorry you were going to go ask Lisa a few questions so go for it yeah I was just going to say because obviously you started off as a systems engineer on the apprenticeship program and now you're in the services so completely different end of the spectrum so it'd be great to hear kind of your journey and how you've ended up doing your role (laughs) now yeah sure so I've actually got an interesting story as well I suppose because I actually left school and I did hairdressing so I'm actually a qualified hairdresser as well which comes in handy every now and again Um, (laughs) also good to know also good to know Um, but so I did that and I worked in a salon um, and I just quickly realized that it was a a hobby um, and not for me a a career that I saw myself in uh, long term Um, so I actually went to work at the airport um, just to get some sales experience and whilst I figure out what it is that I want to do. Um, I'll be honest, I hated it. Um, so I thought about what is it that I need to, to do and I'm all wanted career-wise, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. What is it that I want to do? Um, and it was actually my dad who was like, you've always been very interested in technology and IT. I'm quite fascinated about like how theoretically things work. And he was like, why don't you look for a, a job in that space? Um, and quite similar to, to James, I think, um, looking online for IT apprenticeships and going back to what you said, Rosie, is sometimes I think we think IT is sitting behind a desk uh, for one specific job and that's it. So the reason why Cisco stood out for me and saying as they know, I had no idea who Cisco was when I applied. Um, it was the requirements um, and what you're going to get out of the program Um that really appealed to me. So we was the so my intake was the first ever system engineering apprenticeship program for Cisco UK and I, um, and there were six people that, that got through to the program, and it was a three year program as well. Um, and then I graduated and I moved into system engineering uh, in the enterprise space, and I was there for about four years as a, a field system engineer, and then. I got to a point where I knew that I wanted to see the other side of the business. I did pre-sales engineering, but I also wanted to see how Cisco deliver the solutions and hardware that we were selling at the time to the customers. Um, And I also wanted to get... So as a a pre-sales systems engineer, you have a goal, but you you don't do forecasting or any of that side of the business. So I wanted to learn that side of the business as well. And services fit into what I wanted to do as a next step. So there was a role that came up and uh, I applied and fortunately I got the role. And uh, at the time we were taking over global enterprise accounts from a services perspective. And because of my enterprise background, um, the director at the time made a decision to put me on global enterprise accounts. And so I did that for three and a half years and then, um, yeah, grew my skill sets and experience, I suppose. And this role came up uh, as a regional service sales leader. And here I am today. 
Brilliant. So nice to hear your journey. And I think on our podcast, we always try and really simplify things, Lisa. And I think a lot of young people get really hung up, especially when they're coming out of uni or whatever route they've come, college or straight out of school, and they start looking for jobs and they see titles like systems engineer. Like what break it down for us? What does that actually mean? Like what what kind of roles have we got here? You talk about systems engineer, you were in pre-sales engineering, and now you're in services. Like just try and simplify those so that we can kind of get an understanding of what people do as jobs. So at Systems Engineer at Cisco, you are the technical trusted advisor. So you work with the account teams and with the customer and partners to understand what the customer is trying to achieve from a technical perspective. So what are they transforming uh, transforming sorry their technical networks uh, to to be for in the immediate future, but also the long-term future. So it's your job to really understand and build relationships with the customer and partner to help understand what it is the end customer is trying to achieve from a technology perspective. And then as a system engineer, you scope out the relevant Cisco hardware, software and solutions that's going to enable the customer to get to that end goal. So at very high level terms, that is what a systems engineer does. Um, From a services perspective, the other side, which is from a, um, how do we, how is Cisco going to help deliver that? scope that the engineer and the account team have built out, how we go, either Cisco are going to deliver it ourselves, or we are going to consult with the customer and partner on how they implement the technology solutions and software themselves into that customer environment. But also how can Cisco help customers from a day to continuous perspective? How can we consistently help customers develop their network as they go on this transformational journey? nailed it you nailed it well done Jamie you know what was um your onboarding to the um because obviously you just gone through that recently your kind of interview process with Cisco like how did you find it um navigating the interviews was it tough (laughs) uh with QA is slightly different because I talked to the other apprentices uh, in Glasgow and they were saying that they had to go through Cisco interviews for the first two um, the first two interviews for me was through QA, and then uh, I was in the final four stage interview. So that one was was quite tough. Like you do need to prepare for it. If you think you can go into that and just kind of walk it, it's really not one of those interviews. Um, you really should learn all of the big products that Cisco is focused on and the future of what it's looking at. Um, you also need to do a presentation. So you start off with a candidate meeting where you see all of the people you're competing against. And that's kind of daunting because there was like 50 of us. And then after that, uh, there was a role play. And then after that, it was uh, the manager interview. And that was really good because it felt more traditional where I felt like a bit more comfortable. Um, and each of these lasts about 45 minutes. Uh, and then it was the presentation with John Martin. And he was uh, he asked a lot of questions at the end. But it's because I think he just wants to find out how deep your knowledge level goes. Like, is it just surface level or can you like really get into it? And uh, he, can just, <laughs> he can just take you down a road and you're like, I don't know. And it's fine. If you don't know, you just say you don't know. And uh, he's like, all right, no problem. And that's where I'll stop. Uh, That was kind of nerve wracking for me because I was like, oh, no, I've messed this one up. I wasn't able to answer that question. But it's fine because he expects you to learn it all later on. Um, And then finally, it's the group exercise. 
which is actually really good because I was there with uh, Amy and John and both of them also got it and the group exercise was good fun. And actually, Rosie and I were both involved in that and we couldn't stop talking about it as a team in Scotland for ages. Like We were blown away by the talent, like to be able to come on and present the ideas that some of you came with and the group exercise, everything. The role play is hard for anyone to do, Like, but to be coming in and not really knowing the, the industry or not knowing the company and, and the people that you were presenting to, you all did so well. We loved it. It was fascinating for us to be on the other side of it. And yeah, it was just a delight to be part of it. And no, Zainab, really just... Was. Just going, touching back on kind of like Lisa's journey, seeing like what you have already of Cisco and you've obviously done, Jamie's quite new. So we've just spoke about his onboarding and he's going to go through the programme now. You're two years in now. Where do you kind of see your future at Cisco? Have you decided yet or are you still kind of testing the water and dipping your toes in or do you know where you're going to end up? Cisco is such a huge place, right? You, you, there's so much. Each time you go into a rotation, you're exposed to 10 different other teams. So you're like, oh, I want to try that, I want to try that. So, But I think for me at the moment, it's important to focus on one particular area where I can really build my skills and knowledge and expertise. Um, and that's why I've chosen to do a, do the CX incubator program. So it's slightly different. So it's not a rotational basis. Um, I wanted to explore CX because that's something that I hadn't yet. Um, I think it's, it's misunderstood, I feel like, compared to sales uh, or other like marketing, for example. So it's something different and a huge organization, of course, as well. So I'm currently doing the BDM role um, and that's what I want to focus on and understand and hopefully graduate um, into that. Yeah, perfect. So BDM is Business Development Manager, just to break down the yes. acronym. Um, but do you want to just tell us a, a quick summary about what CX is and, and what that actually means in, in Cisco terms? Yeah, you're putting me in the spot here now. Hopefully, I can't do justice to that. <laughs> Essentially, it's like the life cycle and the customer goes through uh, right from the beginning to when um, they've sold something right at the end when we want to renew it um, and the experience that they have through that. Um, so, the BDM is kind of the middleman between sales and the CX delivery guys um, that actually implement the solution. Um, so, yeah, it's ensuring the different people that you work with in Cisco, they provide the best um, experience for the customer and be able to uh, have that support. Yeah, perfect. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Just to touch upon, from a services perspective, we work really tightly with BDMs, right? So to scope out the right services. So BDMs are, are vital to our organization when services are trying to map out the right services to, to meet a customer strategy, for example. The BDMs scope out with the DAP team, which is Dill's acceleration team, um, to build out the right level of effort to ensure success for that uh, specific engagement. So just to add a little bit of context there. You kind of started your journey at, you know, prime pandemic time. So do you want to just touch on how you found the apprentices program, like when you were starting and how it was, um, you know, potentially different for you to start feeling involved in, in part of the wider apprenticeship program and your fellow peers that were also doing it at home? Yeah, it was a very different experience, actually, because our cohort is 60 plus. So we've never, the apprenticeship programs never had such a big cohort and everyone having to do it online virtually, it definitely presented its challenges. And um, for me, it was my first professional job as well. Um, and not being in office, I definitely, there were definitely times where it was very difficult. Um, because of that social aspect, right? And if it's 60 of us, you want, you want to get to know, um, each other, um, especially when you're based in the same office as well. Uh, and also, I guess we missed out on the fact that normally there is a, um, what kind of bonding activities that you do uh, I think it's up up in Scotland somewhere actually so we missed out on that as well everything was the whole onboarding process was done um virtually so but I mean definitely give credits to the management team for making you know making it so great um so I can imagine it is very tough 
I think that's so important. And we did, um, like we said, we've spoken to David Meads for this podcast too. And we we spoke about all of these same issues, like young people starting off in their career. And it's hard when you can't get that physical visibility. Like, I mean, we've, Rosie and Lisa, we probably started our careers before you guys. And and that is such a vital part, being able to go into an office and get yourself seen and just get to know people over a coffee. So yeah, I mean, hats off to everyone that started during the pandemic. I mean, your resilience is going to be so much better than any of us. You're going to have learned how to deal and cope with things so much better than any of us ever had to so but now that we are getting back to norm- a bit more normality I think hybrid is the way to go and if we can get that balance right everyone will, will be okay and Lisa I just want to kind of round up conscious of time but I guess you are what we would class as a success story from the Cisco Apprenticeship Programme so what advice do you give to people like Jamie and Zainab and all the other apprentices that are going through the programme what's what's the key to success? Oh good question I, I think for me it's genuinely building up your network right so you talk about you know trying out different roles under the apprenticeship program that is such such a good way to really experience Cisco um, and to really understand where you want to develop your career within Cisco so take full advantage of that um but build like reach out to people i reached out to people from all different sectors um when i was in the apprenticeship program but even now right you never stop building up your network and it's so important um ask questions that old saying of there's never such thing as a stupid question there really isn't you just see some of the questions that i ask still to this day um and just just really take it in and enjoy it because it goes so quickly. I cannot believe it's my 10 year anniversary this week. Um, to answer your question, sorry, yeah, build your network, make the most of every opportunity and ask every question that comes to your brain. Emma, thank you for everyone sharing their stories. It's interesting to hear different parts of the apprenticeship program. And obviously everyone has a different experience because you get to choose different rotations. So it's really great having both uh, Zainab and Jamie who are starting off and maybe giving ideas to other apprenticeships about what they're wanting to do as part of their programme um, and thank you to Lisa for telling us your story because going from hairdresser to services RSM is is, is quite the journey so um, I love hearing what people have done in their careers it, it's so interesting and it just kind of it shows you that you can do anything and if there's different functions you want to go into as Lisa says you just need to pick up the phone and ask someone I think that's what's brilliant about Cisco is that everyone is willing to chip in and help like it doesn't matter what level you're at everyone wants to kind of pick everyone up and take them on the journey with them so um, I do think reaching out dropping someone an IM you know what's the worst that can happen really so thank you all for sharing your journeys uh, and I appreciate your time Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure being here. And Lisa, I'll definitely be reaching out to you. So yeah, thank you for the advice. No worries. Thank you so much. Thank you. So Rosie, that was our chat with the apprentices. How good was that? I love it. I just love being able to promote the apprenticeship programme what we're doing with young people because I just think it's so important as Zainab touched on not everyone's route is university doesn't suit everyone's personality so you know if we can offer another track for young people to go down I think you know we can only but scream and shout of it um, and attract more people to the program um, and you know apprentices in general because they are just so fantastic. 
Agreed, agreed. I think we I think we mentioned in the episode, but we learned so much from doing the interview process with the apprentices. They have so many ideas. They come from different perspectives, different generation, a lot of them from us, this new generation coming through. Um but also I guess Zainab and and Jamie probably are of like the Gen Z generation. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Gen Z? But I think Gen we have Z, to yeah. also remember that apprenticeships aren't only just for young people. So I think they're nope. for people who are looking to shift their career. And maybe you've got to a point and you're just like, I want to learn something new. Then don't forget that apprenticeships aren't just for people coming out of education. They're for anyone. If you want a career change, it's definitely worth exploring apprenticeships and what places like Cisco have to offer. So don't ever be put off by your age is what I would say. Um, and again, how good just to hear a success story like Lisa's, to hear the journey that she's been on. So clear that our our apprenticeship program is obviously working really well and it'll be exciting to just follow Jamie and Zainab and all the rest of their peers and their cohorts journeys and see where we end up if we end up with a future David Mead site of the apprenticeship program. Well exactly I mean you know we've got quite a few apprentices and grads who have gone through the program on the Scotland team and their network is just insane like if you ask them a question they're like oh I know that person because I did an apprenticeship with them X, Y, and Z. So, you know, their network is far better than than my network in Cisco. I know I've only been here a year, but, you know, it's it's such a good grounding. It really is. Yeah, I think we are only left with doing the good old plug of please subscribe to the podcast. We do have an email address, which we have confirmed is... Is the... UKI capitals small p podcast UKI podcast at cisco.com I did it so please drop us any questions any um, ideas about what you want to hear from Cisco moving forward you know like, any like genuinely actually genuinely do please email us because I want to get to a point where we're at the po- type of podcast where I listen we're to podcasts we're reading out emails yeah, yeah, yeah people are like oh let's just check the inbox oh look we've got an email here from so and so please let us be those people so literally if it's just <laughs> to say hi if it's to say look you just need to do better like I don't care I just want an email from the inbox to read guys please please just let it. us know where you're listening where are you he- where are you hearing us from is it the US is it other parts of Europe like we want to know where our listeners are we so can do a, a shout out we can do a yeah. shout out to so and so listening in Australia and that would be great so yeah we're let getting- us know where you're listening from that can be our first topic email us in yeah that's really simple yeah let's see let's go with that and if we don't get any then that's really sad <laughs> anyway Rosie we do have I'm not going to say too much about next month's episode but I am like you probably very excited about next month's episode I think it's going to be a juicy one I'm excited are you well listen they're only getting better they are I mean we're getting better no no but we're getting better (laughs) wait till the inbox tells us differently (laughs) but yeah please join us next um, next month March's episode and Yeah, see what we've got in store. In the meantime, have a great month, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye.